Hey lads, uh, Mikey Drennan here again. Uh, just this is my third episode of the Soccer Line. So, and I want to welcome Shane Keegan. How are you, Shane? Mike, how are you getting on? I'm good, thanks. And yourself? Not too bad, no at all. Uh, this will be interesting now, myself and yourself <laughs> doing this True. now. Normally, the new ask me questions, I'm going to be asking you. <laughs> I know, yeah, I'm interested to see how you're going to handle, uh, handle this now. I am myself, actually, as well, so. Uh, <laughs> Um, I, well, I suppose we can start. Suppose we go back a long time. Um, probably you, you started coaching me. Probably was it under eleven or twelve? Was it with Kilkenny? Yeah, I think it was, I think under twelve might have been the first. Uh, might have been the first age group that they had uh, county squad teams. I suppose. Yeah, I, I would have went in. Uh, I suppose when initially when I, I met up with yourself, it would have been I would have went in as an assistant to Ronnie Grace. One thing that does strike me from back then was uh, I wouldn't have known very many people that first day that we were having kind of trials, I suppose. So I wouldn't, uh, um, but I, I do remember very clearly Frank Brunson, who obviously you know, and most people probably around Kilkenny would know. Um, Frank used to live over here in Rathdowney, so I knew Frank Brunson, and I remember being in the car park, and um, you walked past to go into the dressing room, and uh, I remember Frank Brunson saying to me, "That's your man, Drennan." And I said, why? What's the crack with him? And he says, ah, he says, wait, wait till you see him. He says, if 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 anybody has a chance, he says, I know they're only kids. He says, but if anybody has a chance, it's going to be that lad. So you were kind of, <laughs> you kind of had your name made <laughs> at 11 years of age, even uh, which I, I thought was absolutely crazy that day. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, I didn't even know that. <laughs> Carry on. But, um, yeah, and, that, and bear in mind, obviously, that was a year above yourself. Um, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Was, yeah, that was that was you playing a year over your own your own age, which we actually ended up with with, with a good few. Of you didn't we? With, with, with kind of four or, or four or five of you that were so strong in that age group that you pretty much played a year a year off the, the whole way through. Yeah, there was. Yeah, no, because I remember. Um, I think it was around that time as well where I found out I was actually playing above my age. Remember, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I remember, I was. Yeah, I think I was actually around then. I was like, you can actually play underage. I think it was maybe the year before. I always thought I used to play up to my age, but. But sure, anyway, we'll, we'll get away yeah, from Yeah, no, we had, we had, uh, we had what, we had yourself, uh, uh, Nathan Cullen was regularly making the team above his age group at the time, obviously, Seth Sean McGuire was making it, there was, there was Barry Whelan, um, obviously his brother, whose brother Colm is, is flying at the moment, yeah. the level. there was a, uh, it was a good cohort. Mark Lines as well. He was there. Mark he was Lines, of course. Lines was nearly the, the, one of the biggest names yeah, back then. Yeah, he time, was. So he was. Um, but yeah, it was. It was. Which was, I suppose, why I was the following year. Why I was so uh, kind of excited to get my hands on you in my own right as the manager myself. Because I just knew, Jesus, if there, there's five of, of Ronnie's team still eligible for this same age group the following year, I knew you had, had a fair bit about you. You know. Yeah, no. Cause I remember that. Yeah, cause I remember going on to the Kendi Cup. We had a kind of big reputation, didn't we? Of of going because we, we we bet TDSL in the under the under twelve, wasn't it? The Leinster final, wasn't it? Or no? Would, would you believe? Think uh, I have it all. It all sticks in my memory so much. That yeah. that was actually the year after. So it was. It yeah, was the year after, 12, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, under under twelve, we were we were excellent. Um, we were absolutely excellent under twelve. I think we got to the All Ireland semi final that year. Um, and I suppose we shaped up to the Kennedy Cup. I mean, when I think back to it, it was a bit mad, really. You couldn't, um, I mean, we couldn't have, have 
been more thorough in our preparations for Kenny Cup. There's not too many teams head off to Barcelona. We we get the week out in yeah. Barcelona, did we? We did. Um, which we did as a kind of a joint trip with, with, with the Evergreen Club site, which was, was brilliant at the time. But, um, yeah, I, I suppose if I look back to, to the time at, at underage level, the Kennedy Cup is probably the only disappointment we ever had. We actually we actually never got going at the Kennedy Cup at all at all, unfortunately. And it took till the it took till the following year. Um, and even do you remember, Mikey, the following year in our first game, we we needed a late equaliser to draw with Carlo. We were actually we were actually useless in our first game and under yeah. fourteen level in the Ireland that year. And we needed a late equaliser against Carlo. And I remember us all, even though you were only chats, I remember us all having a chat after and saying, "I right, look, lads." You know what are we at here? Are, are, are we going to take this seriously, or are we not going to take it seriously? And a couple of months later, we found ourselves in the All Ireland final. Like you say, the day uh, throughout those whole four or five years that I was with you, the, the day that sticks in the mind, obviously the most, is, is that day against DDSL. Like it, it was under fourteen, an All Ireland semi final, and uh, to the best of my knowledge, seven of their starting eleven had started alongside you out in. Holland was it? Yeah, team? that was right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so seven of their start eleven had started for Ireland um, against uh, Holland. That was in Holland. Um, we had had only yourself, obviously, that was playing at that level at the time. And Chad uh, DSL to just don't lose. They win everything. They absolutely win everything. They had won the Kennedy Cup the previous year. And uh, not only did you beat them, you bet them five one. Yeah, uh, uh, that was kind of no. Because I, rem- I remember because. After the Kennedy Cup, DDSL never really picked players that played with Ireland or that kind of were kind yeah. of going on trials. Um, but that, because I remember that day, they were they were all playing, and I just remember I think myself and Charlie scored two each, and I think we just ran riot. They just um, weren't able for us. Yeah, absolutely ran riot. I, I maybe my memory is saying tricks. You know, I had it down in my head. In my head, it was. Five one, and I, I actually, I think you're being harsh to yourself. I, I'm pretty sure you got three. I thought you got three. Sean got one, and Robbie Silver got one. Um, I couldn't be a hundred percent sure now, but you were absolutely unbelievable that day. It was, it was absolutely it was the best day I ever had at at, at coaching at underage level. But look, you could see, you could see we had a great old, we had a great old group at that time as well. In that. You know, Mourinho uh, I do I, well not as much lately he's kind of gone off the boil but I used to be obsessed with Mourinho at the time back then and, and, yeah. and Mourinho used to say that, that for for uh, for an orchestra to play you needed seven piano movers and, and only four piano players and that that used to strike struck with me because up top we had yourself Sean and Robbie who were the brains and, and the ability and the whole lot but then behind you we had particularly in the middle of the field we had Dar Egan at the time, uh, P.D. Shaw and, and Jimmy Fox, and the three lads had absolutely no interest in the flashy stuff, the goal scoring, <laughs> anything. They, they quite simply wanted to kick several <laughs> out, of, uh, out of Dublin and make sure they had no room to move or no room to play. And you look back at that team sheet, and you know a lot of those, uh, a lot of those chaps went on to, to have a serious League of Ireland career. So it was, it was a great performance. It was, yeah. Must say, I really enjoyed that. But I remember any time on like playing with you, I thought it was I used to always I used to always really enjoy. It. We used to always get um, get along really well. We always had, we always had I think that connection. I think as a as a kind of player coach like that, people that rarely have it. One look, one hundred percent, one hundred percent, because you could see you could see obviously from from day one. As I said, even Frank Richard pointed out before, I even saw you on the pitch. But but the ability, the ability you had. Now what I will say is. 
and because it, I think it kind of had to be this way, like, it was a bit of a love-hate relationship at times. There was times <laughs> I wanted to murder you, and then there was times you wanted to, you wanted to murder me too. But because you were always, your, your, your style of play was that kind of Roy Keane, I know, very different positions, but that Roy Keane, in terms of personality, that Roy Keane teetering on the brink thing, you know, he, he, he floats close to the edge and usually is able to stay the right side of that line, but there was the odd time here <laughs> were there where it was a bit of a challenge to keep you the right side of that line because you, you were floating so close to it all the time, but your ability, your ability was, was, was phenomenal. I actually remember earlier that year, Mike, um, you missed one of the games because of the early match, actually. It was probably that early match out in Holland. Yeah. Um, you had missed one of the, the quarter final or the playoff. No, it was the round before the quarter final. And um, we brought you back in and uh, we brought you back in for the quarter final. That's right, against Limerick. And I remember thinking, um, you've been playing, obviously, playing centre forward where we normally had you. And then we were under the cost a little bit with about 10 minutes left and somebody went down injured. And I remember giving you a shout and you came across and. Uh, there was about 15 minutes left, I'd say, and I said, Mike, I, says, I know this might sound a bit mad, but I need you to do us a favour. Back there, we're going to play with one up top for the last while, go back there and play uh, centre-back for me for the last 10, 15 minutes, because they're lumping it and you're, you're, you're great in the air. And I know it was only 15 minutes, but I actually thought to myself, I remember saying to Ronnie Grayson and, and, and Richard Lowry and a few after that, I said, you know what, this this, this, this line could actually be a, a, a centre-back. <laughs> or the fact that you were left-footed, I, I often thought, myself, Richard Lowry used to often comment that you would have actually been a phenomenal left-back if somebody yeah. had convert you at that stage. I know the likes of Ashley Cole and that used to start up front and actually ended up at left-back. And, and I thought that was something that might end up happening with you. But no, I think it was... It was um, for me, like to, to 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 who was kind of only going through my my coaching courses back then, and and really only learning how to coach and all that kind of thing. Like Jesus, Mikey, the fellas could go, fellas could go twenty years coaching without having having somebody of the the ability that you had. So to 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 get an opportunity to coach somebody of that standard so young was a, it was a real help to my own learning curve as a coach. You know. Yeah, yeah, no, ah, soft, you're, you're giving me a big head there, so. <laughs> Yeah. Um yeah, so well obviously from all that time then, um the, your first kind of proper move into kind of League of Ireland or that kind of start up was with Carlo F C, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Um there was there used to be a third for people a lot of people probably aren't aware, there used to be a third tier to the League of Ireland. Obviously there's only two now again, but there used to be a third tier called the League of Ireland A championship. Um and yeah, I I had been obviously progressing through the coaching badges and the whole lot and I got up to a level where uh, I needed to be involved in, in, in adult football. And I was. I was involved in, in, in my own local club here in Rathowney, in, in, in Clover United, but that probably wouldn't have been deemed a high enough standard in terms of doing the assessments for, for the coaching badges and that. So I, I actually, I, I didn't even know they existed, Mikey. I remember kind of yeah. going Googling and thinking to myself, right, I need to, I need to find um, a team to try and get involved in here. And uh, I did a bit of Googling and here was this League of Ireland A Championship that I didn't even know existed. And a team, you know, only what, 45 minutes from me in FC Carlo. Um, so I suppose kind of a common enough team to the last 20 years to me, very, very little kind of very little happens without me making it happen I'm, I'm not somebody people come looking for I, I kind of have to go looking for gigs and, and pushing me yeah. so I, I got the I got the FC Carlo chairman's number on, on the website and um, I rang him up and 
I said, listen, how are you getting on? My name is Shane Keegan, blah, blah, blah. And I'm, I'm currently doing my UEFA licence and I'm looking to get involved with the team at, at, at a decent level, I suppose. Well, I said to him, and he, he, by pure luck, he said to me, look, he says, your timing is good. He said, uh, we're, we're, our manager from last year isn't staying on. We're looking for a new manager. He said, now, to be honest, you're, I was only 27 at the time. So he said to me, I, I'm, I'm not saying that you're going to be the new manager. He says, but what you might do is you might come in and take... Uh, you might come in and take pre-season. We're due to start pre-season in two weeks' time. You might come in and take pre-season while I'm looking around for a new manager and then maybe you could assist them. Um, and I said, yeah, Jesus, it's not the ideal. It suited me down to ground, get thrown in at the end like that. And I went in and took pre-season and after a couple of weeks of taking pre-season and playing one or two practice matches, he turned around to me and said, oh, look, he says, you seem to, you seem to have to hang a this old crack to let, let, let you have a crack ahead in your own right as, as the manager. So it was ideal for me by 20... 27, 26, 27 years of age, um, managing in, in in League of Ireland. Fair enough, it was only third year, but it was it was a brilliant opportunity to learn and, and learn on the job. And uh, we actually we had, we, had, we had a couple of really really good seasons there. It was very very enjoyable. They were nearly all local lads from the Carlow League. Like it wasn't that we were paying money and bringing lads from anywhere. They were all local fellas and and, and some cracking players. I really really enjoyed it. Yeah. 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 No, so I remember that that third division league actually just as you said it there just kind of popped up in my head. It was a mad kind of one, that, it, that third division, it was. wasn't it? Because it, it didn't really look like it was going to last, really. No, exactly. What they did was, you see, they, they made it compulsory for all Premier Division sides to have a reserve team. Um, so you, in this division, you had the reserve teams of all the Premier Division sides, plus, I think there was six new entities, of which we were one of the six, let's say. They had, say, Trolley Dynamos were another one of the six. So you had... You had six clubs in Toronto, and then you had, I think it was a 12-team Premier Division at the time, you had the 12 Premier Division reserve sites. So you, you had some phenomenal players, because you had players coming back from injury or, or, or stuff like that, or maybe only coming through the ranks and hadn't brought through to the first team. I go back over some of the team sheets um, of players who played, like I remember I remember Derry coming down and playing Derry, and, and, and like left wing was James McLean, you know, and he was, he was turning around the place, and... and I think he was probably the most high-profile, but lots of fellas went on to have really, really brilliant, fantastic League of Ireland careers, particularly when you played UCD, Mike. Yeah. Because as you can imagine, like obviously they they produce so much talent, um, and you know lots of of their first years. Basically, they used that vision as a, a division for their first years. Yeah. Um, so you have all these all these young fellas who are on scholarships in UCD who all went on to have phenomenal League of Ireland careers that they're playing down in down in Ballon in the Arts and the Carlo. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then I suppose you went on from there then uh, to Wexford Youths. Yeah, look, again, um, it was a case of me knocking on the door, again, I'll be honest. Um, but what kind of happened there was, so we, we had a couple of very, very strong players at, at FC Carlo, and my take on it, the same as my take always was with G, um, Mike was, I, 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 I had a big thing, it used to drive me mad when clubs or managers um, wanted to hold on to players to make their team great rather than want to progress players onto the next level. Yeah. And that, that used to drive me mad. And if I was doing that, other people doing it, I was, I was 
adamant that okay well I'm not going to be that kind of a fella and basically um, I think it was at the end of the first season at FC Carlo we had I think any man that you know will be watch um, and Dara had been Dara had been absolutely superb for us and I just thought he was too good for us and I thought he was too good for, for the League of Ireland League Championship yeah. and I had met I had met Mick through through the teams that myself and Ronnie were involved in, obviously because Mick used to Mick Wallace used to manage all the the Wexford underage teams at that level, and um, we had played them in a game, obviously at, at maybe under fifteen level, maybe there or thereabouts. And I remember going back to after MCs after playing them, and <coughs> excuse me, and had 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 a, a, a bite to eat and a, and a drink or two with Mick Wallace, and had just got into a chat with him and the whole lot. So we'd established a bit of a relationship then, and we'd exchanged phone numbers and the whole lot. So. When I wanted Dara, when I thought to myself, right, Dara needs to kick on here and progress. I said, right, so that's what I'll do. I'll ring Mick Wallace. So I rang Mick and it says, listen, we have a lad here, Dara Walsh. He, he looks absolutely excellent. He's too good for the level of playing at here, Mick, with, with us. Would you have a look at him? Um, and Dara went in and, and did fantastically well for, for Wexford for a, a couple of years. And after that, it was Jimmy Darmody from Johnstown. Um, he just he again he just looked at a quarter ball and he was too good to be to be with us really so he was so at the end of that season I ran Mick again says look I have another one for you we sent Jimmy Darmody to him and I think Mick liked that he liked the fact that that, yeah. that we weren't holding on to players um, to uh, look after ourselves we were helping them progress and the whole lot and at the end of that that season this was the end of my second season at, at, at FC Carlo Jimmy Darmody who obviously had gone down there just rang me and he says listen he says just to give you a heads up, he says, I don't know what your your, your plans are or anything. He says, but but our manager, it was uh, Noel, uh, is it Burn? Not Noel Burn. I should come back to you in a minute. Mm. He says, but our our manager, we've only two games left in the season, and our manager at Wexford has told us that he's finishing up at the end of the season. He's he's not looking to come back for the following season. He's going to step down. So, so I'm just, he says, Jimmy says, I'm just giving you a heads up. Might might be something worth trying to to look into and 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 maybe talk to to see is there is there any opportunity for you there, so which was was good fair play to Jimmy it was great thinking of Jimmy so yeah look again I picked up the phone I was two years at Carlos so I was up to maybe twenty eight twenty nine years of age now and uh, I rang Wallace <laughs> I rang Wallace and he said look well let's go and have a chat anyway and um, I remember going up to Dublin Mick owns a few Italian restaurants up around Dublin and. Uh, I went up to him and we sat down and the whole lot. And again, you know, he had concerns about the age and whether he could control the dressing room at that sort of an age and the whole lot. But I gave him me pitch anyway, so I did. And uh, he rang me back. It was it was it was the month of December actually. I I got Mick officially offered me the the Wexford Youth job. I think it was about two days before Christmas. Um, oh. And I was about to say, he said, "Go on, I'll take a chance on you." <laughs> um, so he did, but. Like, uh, what a, like it's five years I was there, Mikey, and it was just awesome. It was the perfect environment for 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 a young fella to try to cut his teeth because Mick was brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant. He was so hands off, and he was so willing to let me do it my own way, and willing to let me make mistakes. And and like when I say no pressure, and like I genuinely mean no pressure. And I'll, I'll give you one one example that will sum it up. I remember. I think it might have been it was either my second or third season I think it might have been my second season and we were struggling a little bit so we were and maybe we'd lost possibly three in a row sort of a thing and we were home and I remember going upstairs because you probably know from playing down there Mick has a kitchen upstairs in Ferry Carrick so you yeah. always make pasta and spaghetti bolognese for the opposition team so you'd always be upstairs after the game having the spaghetti bolognese and uh, I was up there anyway, and I was sitting there, and a big long face, me, you know, my head was fried, and uh, 
the next thing Mick comes over to me and he says, uh, Shane, can I have a word with you out the back? And in my head, honestly, in my head, I went, this is it, like, sorry. Yeah, so that's what they expect, like, wouldn't it? Yeah, I saying, of course you would. And uh, <laughs> Wallace says to me, are you all right? I said, what do you mean am I all right? Jeez, you look fierce down in yourself altogether, he says. I'm just keeping an eye on you there. You, have a fear, you look fierce down in yourself. He says, of course I'm down to myself, Mick. We're after losing the last three in a row, you know, we're slipping down the table. Ah, Jesus, Shane, it's only soccer. Will you relax? For a Jap of my age who was trying to find his feet, like that was absolutely the uh, ideal environment. But um, I suppose when I got lucky, Mick, was like, I raided the Kilkenny League. Uh, yeah. in, terms of, in terms of the team, we went down there. Uh, like, I, Graham Doyle will tell you, uh, like, when Mick Wallace rang me, um, Call for me the job that day. The next phone call was was a phone call for me to Graham Doyle. He was literally yeah. the next, the, the the very next phone call I made. I've been watching him win the Leinster Junior Cup with 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 three booters. I thought he was absolutely superb. I didn't know him other than to watch him play soccer. It was yeah. the first conversation I'd ever had with him. Um, but I rang Graham and we got very lucky there as well. To be honest with you, Mike, he was in and around the Irish international junior side at the time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he says to, he said to me at the time he says listen he says. Uh, have a final final for the Irish junior side he says next week if they pick me I'm probably going to stay at this level because I'd like to earn a few old international caps and I says look that's that's completely fair um, and he rang me back the following week and he says no he says Jez they didn't pick me he says go on I'll, get, I'll give this old League of Ireland crack a go like he like he was uh, making his league, he was making his League of Ireland debut at 33, 34 years yeah ago. I remember that yeah <laughs> it was mad played, I, I have never played a League of Ireland game for Wexford Youths with anybody in goal only Graham Doyle he played every single game for the whole five seasons that I was did there. he did he play every single minute he, every, every single one of them we added it up one day I think it came to 128 oh. uh, 128 that's some kind of record what is it oh, it's phenomenal it's absolutely phenomenal I didn't know that. it's incredible and and, and I'm, I'm going to say oh, did I make him captain from day one I possibly did make him captain from day one so possibly all 128 were, were his captain um, and he was just absolutely brilliant he he was phenomenal for us because he was such an amazing goalkeeper but also just his personality and his leadership qualities and all of that were, were, were fantastic and then look as I say there's, there's Jesus and during my time at Wexford there's, we're well into double figures it might have been kind of 15 somewhere between 15 and 20 different Kilkenny fellas maybe more that played for me but I suppose the two that just kind of were the drive the backbone of, of, of that team that went on to win the 2015 season were, were himself and, and, and well, sorry I say Kilkenny Rocks Keenan because because Rocks was because Rocks was the Kilkenny league man that's why I'm saying it of course he's a leash man like, I was going to say that you probably won't be too happy with you saying that <laughs> <laughs> like he, he was just he was a fella he actually had huge similarities to yourself though he He'd be humble enough sort of he'd, he'd, he'd argue that he didn't have the natural ability that you had. But in terms of being a target man centre forward, a centre forward who liked physical contact, who liked aggression, who liked the rough and tumble of, of going toe to toe with a with a centre back, um, and again his just his leadership qualities were incredible. He was, you know, again real right team stuff to us to his games that we won because Rock Keenan decided by hook or by crook I'm going to drag us over the line here um, and then uh, himself and Graham had a great relationship and they were really it's a great position for a manager Mikey when, when you don't have to worry about the dressing room yeah. you have two you have two fellas who just take care of that dressing room they just take care of it and if if something got very big they would come to me and they would say hey listen 
you need to know this and uh, you know you need to deal with it whatever way you deem deem fair but by and large I'd say that might have happened once, twice over yeah. all five years because they just dealt with it they just, if, if anybody was acting the Egypt they just dealt with it and they came down hard on him and because Rox is such a hardy looking fella and <laughs> yeah, he would kill that if he could <laughs> the size of him <laughs> I actually remember that because I remember looking at it from because that was when I I joined um, Rovers, Shamrock Rovers at the time. I remember just looking at it because th- it was yourself and Shawnee Dyle, wasn't it? That was, Shawnee was yep. your assistant, wasn't it? That's right. That's right. He went in and I just remember seeing it and I was like, Geez, that was unbelievable. Because I remember um, your man up front for uh, Danny Furlong. Danny Furlong scored what twenty five goals or something that year. No, he hit he hit the trio. He hit oh, did the, he? Uh, so yeah, he was, he was, he was, he was that sort of thing, I suppose. I thought it was unbelievable but like I remember then you went up to the first division and obviously it was a bit of a probably a bit of a struggle but I'd say it was a good experience for you was it to make that kind of next step it was it was it really really was and and to be fair we, we probably accounted for ourselves far better again than anybody gave us a chance because we would have been nailed on to finish yeah. last and go straight back down and, and we didn't finish that we, we, we managed to get into the playoffs so it was a really really um, we gave it a right right good crack and the other thing that sticks me for that season was was our second game uh, was away to Cork down in, in Curtis Cross and, and they gave us a, a, a good trim and that was the best maybe four or five months. It was the only game in the entire season where we lost by more than two goals. So it never, nobody ever got on top of us apart from Cork that day. Every yeah. other day there was only ever a goal in it and we, we always gave a really, really good account of ourselves. And look, we, 
brilliantly. The playoffs obviously were a disaster the way it, it, it transpired for us in, in the end and, and it was sad to finish up with them that way and, and, and that was very, very disappointing. But overall, like it was a fantastic experience up that year and because, you know, I was so used to watching that level, like from from my point of view, I had started to take a kind of an extra interest in that level because say you were gone in at that level and we were, you know, keeping a good eye on, 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 on yourself and seeing how you were doing and all of that kind of crack. So to be up at that level ourselves and competing as 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 fellas who were you know either come back from England and were after having phenomenal careers, some of them are our best young talents in, 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 in Ireland. And for the players it was brilliant to be able to pit themselves against players of, of that quality. Yeah. It was then because I remember at the end of the season, then you obviously went to Galway at the start next. But how did that? Did you leave on good terms with Mick Wallace, or how did that relationship kind of? I'll tell how you. Did it go? It's 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 probably it's probably the biggest disappointment when I say sorry. Probably not not the biggest disappointment of my career. Lo- losing that playoff game was the biggest disappointment I've ever had, even more so than than, than the relegation with Galway. It, when I say the biggest disappointment, I, I mean in myself. Um, I, I'm, I know. I suppose I've always been ambitious. And I've always been looking at what's the next level and how do I kick on here and how do I progress and all that. But I just let I let it get the better of me back then. Like you really, I, I, yeah. I did no good thing when I had it in terms of Mick and and, and Wexford. And look, there was an opportunity to go to to to, to Galway and. In my own head, I probably I didn't even think twice about it. I thought, sure, of course, this makes sense. Like an opportunity to move to a bigger club and all of that kind of thing. And I didn't handle it. I tried to handle it as best as I could. I, I, I drove to Mick's house um, and, and kind of knocked on his door out of blue and, and went into his house and, and told him I was making the move and tried to explain why I was making the move and, and all of that. And um, look, he was, he was a gentleman about it. He was an absolute gentleman about it. He was... He was he was caught up I, mean, I, 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 remember, I remember before I was crying <laughs> when, we were having, when we were having that conversation so, so close and look it was a bad move it's not that and again look I, I, I had an unbelievable time at Galway Galway was a brilliant club a, a brilliant brilliant club but I, I should have said where I was I, I, I got that one wrong unless as I say unless kind of unless the idea or the opportunity or, or, or my own ambition get the better of me really so I did um Yes, I would have been disappointed in myself. Now, as I say, that's it. Went to Galway. I, I would argue that the, the the team that got relegated when it was at Galway that that was over when it got relegated. That was actually one of the best groups um, yeah. in terms of team camaraderie and giving me everything that, that I could ever have asked for. Again, we were, we were the bookies would have had us to go down. It was that was the first year, of course. My luck. That was the first year that they were relegated three. Instead of two, yeah, um, and we of course ended up finishing third last. Then so it is typical. Um, but we were, we were actually, we were, we were one of the three that the bookies had had tips to to go down. So it wasn't a massive shock that we went down. It was just we'd managed to assemble such a quality group of players. We we we'd got a group of players that were far bigger than our budget should ever have allowed us because we took gambles on a few fellas who were had at, at at a higher level and things weren't working out for them and people were starting yeah. to write them off maybe a little bit, you know, that kind of a way. Yeah. So you had, obviously, had Gavon on your yeah. show already. Yeah. Um, Gavon's a prime example, a, a fella who had gone to Cork and maybe wasn't getting as much playing time as he would have liked. Um, and we managed to get him in, you know, like he was a fun, absolutely fantastic coup for us. And Ronan Murray coming back from, from England, uh, Rory Hale coming back from England and, you know, I, I went and met some of these fellas and 
you know, convince them that this was the right place to go and there was clubs with much bigger budgets kind of after them and we, we managed to bring them in and that's why that, that season was so strange, Mikey, because yeah. we ended up getting relegated and yet if you go through that team, the amount of players in that team who had one of the best seasons of their career in terms of their own individual performance, yeah. like six of them at the end of that season were playing in Europe the next year. Two of them, two of them signed for Dundalk. Uh, Rory Hale went to Derry. I think two of them went to. I think Pats were in Europe that year, but six of them actually signed for clubs that were in Europe the following year. They've been so yeah. impressive for us. Ronan Murray made the team of the year. Um, and yes, between one thing and another, we we ended up still managed to get ourselves relegated. But it 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 it, it you know in the strange way, it was actually a very very exciting season. Yeah, bad for a season that you get relegated. You know, I know. Cause I remember looking at it and the team you had. I just thought that was unbelievable. But I, yeah. I, but I remember talking to a few because I obviously I know a few of them that played it and they just said it was probably one of the best times kind of that they had. It was the playing style of just exciting attacking football was just they said it was just a joy to play for and they just said they still can't get their head around it good yeah no look it's, it, it's good we, we started very slow Mike we, we, the first game of the season kind of set the tone we, we played Drogheda and, and we absolutely murdered them and still with five minutes left it was nil all and I'm going how are we not winning this game yeah. and of course then we get sucker punch we actually lost the game 1-0 and uh, I think we went 7-8 game first 7-8 games without a win uh, even though we weren't playing poorly, and because our, our first win, our first win was against Stephen Kenny's Dundalk, um, <laughs> on the Wednesday night, and came up to play us then on on the Sunday, I think it was, and we beat them, and that was our first win of the season, um, and we kind of got going a little bit from there, but only really at the half halfway point in the season did we really ignite, and for the second half of the season, like if the table had, I, I remember if the, if the league had started at the first round of first game of round three so you played everybody four times back then yeah. if the league had started at the first game of round three we would have finished fourth so we went on an unbelievable run for the whole second half of the season we just gave ourselves a bit too much ground to make up and the killing thing is always, like, I keep remembering us every time we come off the field after beating a big team the team one or two of the teams around us uh, Sligo Rovers were down there at the time believe it or not as well and, and one or two of the teams around us always seemed to have picked up a win that you weren't expecting as well yeah. so we just couldn't quite get ourselves out of out of those bottom places so we couldn't um, but yeah I looked some some fantastic players as I say I've got, I've got a hat-trick during my time at Galway that's possibly the greatest hat-trick I've ever seen <laughs> in my life <laughs> it was sensational so it was um, Ron and Murray amazing uh, Stephen Fallen at centre-back went on to Dundalk with, with, with Murray at the end of that season um, and again I you know going back to the, I suppose what I said about the likes of Graham Dials in the Rocks I had Colm Horgan um, as yeah. my captain Mikey and I just couldn't speak highly enough of the man as, 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 a, as, a, as a person and as a captain he was he was an absolute absolutely fantastic leader because it'd be so easy in a team that's struggling and finding the going tough there for you know a captain to side with the players and start blaming management and stuff like that you know yeah. how it works in the dressing room yourself but but he never ever did that he he had my back the whole way and and, and we two of us had, had and still have a very good relationship he's a, he's a great bit of stuff obviously Daryl's younger brother you know yeah no yeah he's good I played with him at, at Ireland underage remember he that's yeah, right. he was brilliant yeah look so I remember then obviously the following year you got you got relegated into Division One then, and there was still like there was kind of hope she kind of jumping back up, wasn't there? There was there was big kind of hope, and there was talks of takeovers and stuff like that. Because I remember, remember you were on to me. I was I was meant to sign with you. That's right. That's right. Um, I suppose what what went on there was, um, yeah, I I I would have always I would have always kind of prided myself on bringing the right 
kind of person to a club. I, you know, I would have been huge on character. Make sure the character is right. Whatever about their ability, make sure the character is right. And that would have always been my kind of motto in in all my seasons previous to that. And to be honest with you, Mike, that 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 went out the window a little bit that year. That went out the yeah. window. It was completely my own fault that that season didn't work out because I suppose when I look back at it, the problem probably was that. I had always been managing underdogs, even if you go way back to, to Clover. Like, yeah. say when I would have been managing Clover underage teams, uh, Roddy's team and that. Um, we were always underdogs. And then FC Carlo we were underdogs, and Wexford we were underdogs, and my first season at Galway we were underdogs. And all of a sudden, I was in a scenario where I'm favourite. We're, we're favourites to win the thing. And yeah. I, I didn't react, I didn't handle that well, so I didn't. And, you know, we were we were starting to assemble a squad, and I started to think, oh, I don't know if there's enough quality in this squad. And I started to sign maybe a handful of players where they had the quality that I knew we needed, but I, I knew with my heart and soul that they weren't they weren't a good fit for the kind of personalities that I needed. They weren't a good fit for the dressing room, and yet I signed them because I I, I, I felt the pressure of needing to win the division. Probably to be honest with you, yeah. and. That backfired on me as as it as it would do, you know. It is all about character. It is all about fight, fight, signing fellas with, with the, that are the right fit for your dressing room. And I just didn't do that. And 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 I create I I, I created a, we we lost so many obviously because of the pre because we gone down and so many went done well. They all signed, but we were almost starting from scratch. Um, yeah, and I just like I just got the makeup of of that squad wrong reason, so I did. Um, and that's probably why we struggled. Now I still. I still maintain. Look, we were we were only one place off the playoff spots when when I did eventually get the bullet. I still think we were about to come into that transfer window, and I'll, I'll touch on yourself there in a second. But we were about to come into that transfer window, and I thought if they had given me the transfer window, I was still very very confident that right here's my opportunity to get fellas out that I think aren't the right yeah. kind of people to be in the dressing room and get some other fellas in, and, and I think we would have kicked on in the second half and, and, and managed to get promoted hopefully. But look, I wasn't given that opportunity. That's fair. Fair enough. I'd have no quarrel with the, the Dundalk board at all, really, to be honest with you, because you know we weren't where we should have been, um, and they felt they needed a bit of a shake-up. So I had I had no issue with that. But the timing of it, yeah, obviously you you had played the cup final, I think, was it? I went out to watch you in Durham. Yeah, Dur- it was yeah, down Durham. Yeah. yeah, you were playing in the cup final for Evergreen. Um, and look, obviously we still been in, in in contact a hell of a lot, and I I. I'd been in your ear. I'd been in your ear about would you fancy giving it another crack um, and the whole lot. And I think we pretty much agreed everything really, hadn't we? And, and yeah. the next thing we 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 lost another game. And I remember just kind of saying, to you, "Listen, Mike, you know there's a chance. I'm under pressure here. There is a chance that 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 I could go. Um, would you would you still be happy signing for Galway if if you knew that I potentially was was was." wasn't going to be the manager and I remember you kind of saying well, look if I was going to go there it's probably because to link up with yourself so I said well look hold fire hold fire for, for a week or two Mike and let's see how things pan out for me and uh, yeah over those week or two then I ended up getting the, getting the bullet so I did and, and, and you decided to head Sligo and I think that was I think that was the right thing to do I think it was there was no point me letting on the world was great and, and, and you coming into Galway and the next thing two weeks later I was gone and you are cursing me <laughs> No, because I always appreciate it, no, because I remember you telling me that, all right, like, because, like, I don't think any other manager would have said that, like, they would have just wanted to get me in 
to say that they're trying they're trying to make this kind of sign and then you told me that yeah. the honest truth yeah. like which is like which is rare like i know you had that we have that kind yeah, of was, you have yeah, that bond exactly. and that going on there one one obviously first and foremost was the relationship that that we had and I wasn't going to try and jeopardise that relationship just to try and pull the wool over your eyes and, and, and get you in and then secondly obviously Mike I had to be conscious of, 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 of your situation at the time and you know you were you were looking at giving it a second crack and, and you, you hadn't been, been shy about about documenting the, the, the struggles that you had had so it, I mean it would have been completely unfair for, for me to take advantage of that situation and, and land you into a scenario you needed to you needed to come into a situation where you were going to be looked after where, where your, whoever you were going to work with was going to, going to be able to work with you and, and, and make sure that, that, that you were in the right place and, and treated the right way so there was absolutely zero point to me trying to pull the wool over your eyes at that stage and as I say it did I, I, I was. I, I knew Jared, and I knew Jared had was a, was a good fella and had a very very good way about him. So I was actually delighted when I saw you signing there. I, I knew you. I knew you do really well there. You know. Yeah, I must say, yeah, I really enjoyed tried it with Jared actually. Yeah, I thought it was thought it was brilliant. And like on that note, remember, there's, I don't think a lot of people know that like this. That remember um, when I was over in Aston Villa and I was struggling with, <laughs> with mental health and homesickness and all that stuff and. Remember, Villa brought you over to try and kind of help me, kind of convince me to to say and kind of the opportunity that I had. Um, yeah, and look, I, I, I when I was out of work between um, between the Galway gigs and the Dundalk gigs, Mike, I was I was I was writing a, a weekly column for the Times, and I actually I wrote one of the weekly columns about that whole situation because I have mixed feelings about that again when when I look back and in my head. I thought I was doing the right thing, you know. Villa had rang me and said, "Look, Mike is 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 not settling, and he's talking about wanting to go home." And you know, if if we flew you over for for the week, would you, you spend a bit of time around him and, and and try and help him get settled and try and help him get his head right and and all of that kind of crack? And like I was, I suppose, in my defence, I was very young at the time, and the idea that, that you know they dangled the carriage in front of me and look, you can go to all the first team trainings and watch Martin O'Neill sessions, and it'd be a great learning opportunity for you and all of that kind of crack. And, yeah. I bought into that and, and obviously in hindsight when I look back I don't know what was the right thing to be doing me, me going over there trying to convince you that everything was going to be alright and that you you know forget about coming home Mike you, you need to stick this out like I had no idea what you were going through absolutely no idea what you were going through I remember I remember you, you did uh, you did Conan Conan's podcast um, around the time I was writing those articles and I remember hearing you talk about just how low you had gotten just to the levels of despair you had reached, and I, I never realised it was it was that bad. And here's here's me coming over like an Egypt trying to tell you that everything was grand, and uh, don't worry about Mikey. Just like to, to knuckle down a bit, like you know, it's it's kind of embarrassing to a certain extent. Yeah. But uh, at the time, I thought I was doing the right thing. But uh, look, that that whole situation has just changed my perspective so so much. You know, in terms of the advice I would give young players now, I I as you know, I would get on quite well with with with, with um. Barry and Colin Whelan's dad, PJ. So I, I would talk to PJ a bit here and there just about Colin at the moment because he's doing so yeah. well. Um, and the advice, the advice I would be giving PJ in terms of how Colin goes about things is nearly the exact opposite to you know how I handled your situation back then. I, I now fully realise that going to England isn't the be-all and end-all. It's certainly not at the No, age. definitely you know, not. Because I, I, I remember, again... Villa had Villa had contemplated leaving you at home for one more year before bringing you across. Um, 
And I, I remember having to tell them at the time, because obviously they have no concept of hurling, and I remember having to tell them at the time, lads, if you leave this chap at home for another year, like there's a hell of a chance he, he's going to break into a, a, a Kilkenny minor team. You were that good, you were probably capable of making the Kilkenny minor team two years above your age level at that time. And I was thinking to myself, like if this fella breaks into a Kilkenny minor team and goes on to win all Ireland, you may forget about it. He, he'll, he'll, he'll be a hurler for the rest of his life, which is gas now. Yeah. Two feet in the Ireland camp myself. At the yeah. Moment. So, but back at the time, I remember having to tell, explain that to them. And they needed to get you across. Where, like, I look back at all that and Jesus, talk about the wrong advice. As I say, at the time I thought, but now in hindsight, looking at your situation and, and looking at so many people since, um, you know, my advice to you do now would be very, very, very different. You know. Yeah, no, that's what. <clears throat> but I think back then, I think obviously, I think you had the right intention nobody knew I didn't even know really myself yeah but yeah he had the right intentions which is which is obviously like the main thing but I I just think the way that they go about it nowadays is it's, it's probably a bit better but it's still not what like it should be especially with the amount of players that have come out uh, def- definitely Mike and, and, and the biggest the biggest area that needs improvement is is the, the, the FAI and other finances are a bit all over the place but like to me, the biggest no-brainer is to to employ somebody. I know Owen Hand had that role at the time. I think when you were knocking around, yeah. uh, or around the time that you were going over there. But uh, I, I tell you, I actually said it. I do obviously do a few bits off the ball. I said it on air one day. I, I read um, I read Richie Sadler's autobiography, and it was an absolutely superb book. And he's a fella who's had his struggles in, in lots of different ways, and, and now he's a, I think he's a clinical psychologist or something like that. To me, Mikey, it's the greatest no-brainer of all time. FAI, go and sign up Richie Sadler and give him the role of dealing with your elite young players from a psychological point of view. He can give them advice when it comes to going across. More importantly, he can give them advice when they come back and it hasn't worked out. Anything yeah. that he's been through everything. He's, he's drink drugs. He talks about he's been through everything himself. He's had all the different experiences, losses of farm, injuries. I would love to see a guy like him be in a position to handle somebody like you when you landed back and steer yeah. them in the right direction and give them that advice and give them that care that they need. I, I think it's, it's an absolute no-brainer. You it know? is, yeah. No, even listen to him about it and obviously you know about his stories and that, but I think it is, it's an absolute no-brainer. Like, for someone to come back, like, if, if I, I think if I had that when I came back, I think I'd probably oh. be in a different position to where I am just here today. Oh. It would have been huge. It would have been huge for you, and like how many more like it? You know, I I, I just can't understand why 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 that isn't something that they've looked at at doing. You know. Yeah, I know it's. Um. Well, I suppose Shane. Um. Thanks very much for coming on. I must say, no I must problem. really appreciate. I didn't even realize the time. Um. No problem. No. We always have I, that. Time flies, and and and. <laughs> I have I have once you know when you said to me, uh, "Will you do the podcast?" I said to myself, I, I definitely may tell this one because I'm not sure if you even realise it, but I, I thought people might get a laugh out of it. When, when you broke into one of your first Ireland squads, um, you were going away to Spain or Portugal, I can't remember where it was, uh, with Niall Harrison and John Morling. Do you remember that group? Yeah, uh, Portugal. Um, Portugal. And it was early in the year, it was like March or something like that, so it was. And uh, <laughs> obviously, I was loving your progression at the time and the whole lot and because uh, we were playing against good teams out there and I remember thinking I'd, I'd love to see how this like, gets on and, and the whole lot so I arrived home one day Mike and uh, I said to my then girlfriend now now wife Roisin uh, 
a road, the, the fanciest on holiday. And uh, it was saying, uh, I said, I know, yeah, but the weather would be a bit better out in Portugal than it would now. She, I remember looking at me as if she thought I was mad. Well, look, if you, if you want to go on a holiday, so let's go on a holiday. And I just, I never even mentioned it. I never said a word about it, Mike. So I, I, I just said, right, come on, let's do it. And, and we booked our hotel and uh, we booked our hotel and the whole lot and that. Uh, I remember your first match day, I think it was on a Tuesday, and I said to Linda, I said, come on, we'll go for now and walk. <laughs> and <laughs> walking, walking up the road in whatever, whatever part, was it out of the area, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> walking up the road, and, and the whole lot, and I, I knew where the stadium was, so I was steering the walk in that general direction. And, uh, the next day, I said, oh, look, look, look over there, look over there. <laughs> now, this is a big surprise to me, I looked over to the left, and, here was yourself getting off a bus, getting off a bus to Albert's area. Obviously, she clicked fairly quickly now. That wasn't a, a, a coincidence. God over it. She didn't stop with me. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was the right way of going about making sure that I got to see you play there. I do. I remember that. Friday, I remember seeing you there. Oh. I thought that was oh, that was brilliant. Long, well, she stuck by you anyway, so that's the main thing. That's it, exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Oh God. Well, she, well, thanks for telling that, anyway. I enjoyed that. Um, all. Right. Thanks for having me on, Mike. No problem at all. Thank. Well, thanks for that. And sure, look, I'll be talking to. You. Maybe I might be your assistant one day. Uh, Put out well, there. Okay. Well, we'll take that first. <laughs> <laughs> Right, that's perfect. Right, thanks, Shane. Great stuff, Mike. Right, uh, just obviously that was Shane Keegan there. I want to say thanks for coming on, and uh, that's the end of my third podcast. And looking forward to the next one now, and hopefully have another good few guests to come on.